night these men were uh, returned to their castle after a long, hard day of fighting. And how uh, how are we faring? Asked the king. And Sir replied, "The night I've been robbing and pillaging houses, I've robbed thirty towns of your enemies in the west." What? Shrieked the king. I don't have any enemies to the west. Oh, says the knight. Well, now you do. Now you do. In uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20, Jesus said, Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus gave six illustrations describing a, a righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Today we look at the sixth in which we... Uh, uh, he addresses the subject of enemies. How should we treat our enemies? How uh, how should we do so? And uh, a preacher in his Sunday sermon, thank you. A preacher in his Sunday sermon uh, preached on forgiving your enemies. By the way, we're singing Christmas carols before I get too much further in here. We're singing Christmas carols, and uh, I forget how to breathe when we sing Christmas carols when we're singing. I don't know why that is. But I do. I just I forget where I'm supposed to breathe. As I I can read the music and know I'm supposed to rest and take a breath, but I don't. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm uh, I'm ready to, to pass out at the end of the line. And so you got me coughing and uh, the whole nine yards. So uh, Miss Rachel thinks it's funny. Um, and so this message is for you this morning. Just so we got that on the, on there. So all right, preacher preached his sermon on forgiving your enemies. <laughs> After his sermon, he asked how many were willing to forgive their enemies. About half of the folks raised up their hands and, and uh, not satisfied with, uh, with only half of the crowd raising their hand, he rehashed his message, parts of his message for about 20%, or 20 minutes, I'm sorry, and repeated his question. And this time, he received a response, and the response was about 80% of the crowd. Still unsatisfied, he lectured for another 15 minutes. And he repeated his question with thoughts on, uh, now on dinner, all uh, responded except one elderly lady. There was one lady in the in the crowd, and and uh, that uh, she uh, did not respond. And Mrs. Jones, are you not willing to forgive your enemies? He asked, and she said, "I don't have any." She said, uh, "The preacher looked at her and said, Mrs. Jones, that is very unusual. How old are you?" She replied, "93." Mrs. Jones then uh, said, "Preacher." Please come down in front and uh, the uh, said to the preacher and, and uh, Miss Jones, come on, come on down in the front and tell the congregation how a person can live 93 years and not have an enemy in the world. She tottered down the aisle. She made her way and very slowly turned around and she said, "It's easy. I just outlived it. I just outlived it." Well, we can't always outlive our enemies, so therefore, how? Do we treat them? The instructions Jesus gave were in response to the thinking and teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus said in verse number 43 of our text in chapter number 5, he, uh, the scripture tells us there, he says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. 
For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now notice as we walk down through, as uh, uh, we took the, the trip, what the scribes and the Pharisees taught us and uh, was a perversion of the law. See, the law said back in Leviticus chapter 19, said, Thou shalt not avenge nor uh, bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord uh, your God. And the perversion of the teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees was due to the omission and the addition to what the law of God said. So they would take some out and then they would add some. The omission was the words as thyself. And the, the, the Pharisees, uh, for the Pharisees to love some people as they love themselves was unthinkable. Uh, they, uh, to love themselves was uh, to, to love common people, especially a Gentile, was unthinkable. <coughs> it, uh, no way. So therefore they had to eliminate those words as thyself. I think about a poem uh, that uh, I read some time ago. It says, believe as I believe, no more, no less. That I am right, no one else confess. Feel as I feel, think only as I think, eat what I eat and drink what I drink, look as I look, do always as I do, then and only then will I fellowship with you. Whoa, those words could have been posted on the walls of the Sanhedrin. The Pharisees felt they were the only ones who were right and... uh, Excuse me. They uh, they look down on anyone else. Excuse me. addition to what God said is found in the words and hate thine enemy there was nowhere in God's law where God said to hate your enemy to the contrary God's law commanded that one love their neighbor the scribes and Pharisees wrongly justified their hatred for their enemies by adding to God's law and adding to to uh, to the pieces but Jesus said in verse 44 that instead of Hating our enemies, we're to love our enemies. We're uh, not only to love our, our our neighbors, but our enemies. The word neighbor there literally means one near, one uh, close by. And uh, one said uh, that our our neighbor is uh, nigh. Uh, I love.
have the, the, the breakdown, the nigh neighbor, the close neighbor, the one who's, who's close. Yet Jesus went further and he rebuked false teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees by saying that we should love our enemies as well. So look at what Jesus said about loving our enemies and uh, think with me about the recipients of our love. The recipients of our love are our enemies. And understand what Jesus meant by an enemy. Think, look a little closer. And he said, when Jesus spoke of our enemies, he spoke of those that hate us. The word enemy means hateful. It speaks of those that hate. And when used as a noun, it's referred to as an adversary. Uh, an example of being uh, hated is Joseph. The Bible says in Genesis 37. Remember when his brother, the, the scripture tells us there that when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. And couldn't speak peaceably unto him. Genesis 37 and verse 8 says that uh, they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his, his words. Joseph was hated by his brothers. And maybe we found that, that we're the object of someone's hate. Or the object of someone's jealousy can, uh, can be the root of one's hatred. Prejudice is often the cause of hatred. Hitler's hatred of the Jews is one such example. We often hear about hate crimes which are a, a result of a prejudice. And uh, Woodrow Wilson said, if you want to make enemies, try to change something. <laughs> I thought that's uh, how true that is. But uh, we can be hated for what we believe, the, the stand that we take, the things that we do. For example, living for Christ and taking a stand for Jesus can cause us to be the object of hatred. It can be the cause of it. And Jesus said in John 15, verse 8, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me. Before it hated you, hatred is, is often a result of our own behavior. I think of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 22. We read, And Absalom spake uh, unto his brother Amnon, uh, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Absalom hated his brother Amnon because of what he had done to their sister. The cause of hatred can come from many sources. From many sources. And a heart that's full of hatred is, is, is a heart that's full of poison for the soul as well. <laughs> I grew up in the generation where Ann Landers, most of you in here go, oh yeah, I remember her. She's in that, the Reader's Digest thing. I heard more of those than I can count growing up. But uh, in uh, her columns, she said this one time, she said, hate is like acid. It can damage the vessel in which it's stored as well as destroy the object on which it is poured. And how true. Another said hate is like burning down your own house to get rid of a, a rat. <laughs> Sin. <coughs> Those that hurt us. Jesus described an enemy as somebody who hurts us as well. Spoke of those who hate us. Very strong word. Speaks of, of detesting someone. So he spoke of them which despitefully use you. That speaks of slander. Speaks of insulting and false accusation. And Jesus spoke of those that persecute you. It means to pursue. Describes of those who seek to destroy. And in all of these terms, Jesus describes the actions. <coughs> he describes the actions of those who, who hate us. All of the, the terms speak of so as, as you walk through. How are we to love our enemies? Well, I want you to notice our reactions, the reactions of our, our love. First, think with me the definition of love. Jesus said in verse number 44.
there's the word eros, which speaks of a passionate or a romantic love. There's the word um, storage that describes a family love. There's the word phileo, describes the love of friends and brothers that have for one another. There's the word agape that is uh, used by Jesus when he said, love your enemies. It's the word that's used to speak of God's love for us. It's the kind of love that seeks the highest good for others. And Paul illustrated the kind of love when he uh, uh, laid out 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When he said, charity, love, suffereth long, is kind, love, envieth not, love, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. I just, I find it amazing that as we walk through that list, we can walk through and say, wow, the fact that love pays no attention to suffer wrong. Or we could walk through and look at the amplified or, or an amplified version of it, but the love Paul describes is the kind of love Jesus meant. It's a, uh, the kind of love that, that's more than a feeling. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his work on the Sermon on the Mount, he uh, makes this comment. He said, we must understand the difference between loving and, and liking. Christ said, love your enemies, not liking them. Now, liking is something with which is more natural than loving. We're not called upon to like everybody. We, we can do so, but we are commanded to love everybody. So let me... Uh, Reemphasize what what he said. Jesus didn't tell us to like our enemy. No one likes to be cursed or hated or despised or uh, despitefully used or persecuted. I don't know about you, but in all honesty, I find it, it hard to like a person who goes in any of those directions toward me. However, Jesus didn't command us to to like our enemies, but to love them. To love them. I uh, I read about a Quaker who went to a stock sale and he uh he bought not knowing it uh that he bought the meanest milk cow that ever lived <laughs> kind of chuckle when he uh, uh when he tried to milk the cow she would uh haul off and kick the quaker's bucket and the stool over and spilling the milk all over him and <coughs> quakers are known for their their being quite passive and one day he'd had enough about all he could take he got up, walked over to the cow, brushed himself off, and he was uh, the fo milk foam, and he says to the cow, Nay, Bessie, thou knowest that I can't strike thee, but on the morrow I'll sell thee to a Baptist, and he'll beat the devil out of thee. <laughs> Loving some people is like the father who said about his kids when they walked in the, the wet cement of his sidewalk. He could love them in the abstract, but never in the concrete. <laughs> to love your enemies is to make a choice that will act in a way that's contrary to human nature. It's against our human nature to love those who, who hate us. Now, look, Jesus told us uh, how Jesus told us to respond. First, these demonstrations of love. Kill them with kindness. Jesus says in verse number 44, the love that love responds in three ways. <coughs> bless them that curse you 
The word blessed means to speak well of. So when others speak uh, evil, curse, insult, you know what? We're not to respond the same way. We're to kill them with love, kill them with kindness. Uh, we're to uh, speak well of them. Now there is something in us that wants to do speak bad of them to everyone we can. Jesus said to speak well. Now, secondly, Jesus said do good to them that hate you. Do good. And that's the last thing we usually want to do. Yet love makes the decision that, that you will do good to them that hate us. I read about an Armenian nurse who had uh, been held captive along with her, her brother by the Turks. Her, her uh, brother was slain by a Turkish soldier before her eyes. And somehow she escaped and later became a nurse in the military hospital. And one day she was stunned to find that the same man who had killed her brother had been captured, brought wounded to the hospital where she worked. Something within her cried out vengeance, but a, a stronger voice called for her to love. She nursed the man back to health, and finally the, the recuperating soldier asked her, Why didn't you let me die? Her answer was, I'm a follower of him who said, Love your enemies. Do good, do good to them that hate you. Thirdly, Jesus said, Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Instead of taking or talking to others about those that hate, let's carry them to, to the one who loves them. Let's bring them to the throne of grace and lay them at the feet of Jesus. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus prayed for his enemies. When Stephen was stoned to death, the Bible says that he prayed, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And likewise, he prayed for his enemies, prayed for their salvation, prayed for God to, to help them and, and work in their hearts Pray that, that God will bless them. Pray peace. In what Jesus is saying, we see the love of, to actions, not necessarily feelings. Someone's written, I love thee, I love thee, and that thou, doest, uh, thou dost know. But how much I love thee, my actions will show. See, the kind of love Jesus described is the kind of love that, that acts. It is, uh, it is a love shown by our actions. Lastly, I want you to see the reflection of our love, uh, the statement Jesus made in verse number 45 in our text. He says that, the, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Notice uh, Jesus was not saying that we have to love our enemies so we can be the child of God. There's no way, uh, there's only one way to become a child of God. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's uh, only one way. What did Jesus mean then? Well, one person put it this way. They said that he may be, uh, may approve yourselves to be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Another gentleman said that ye may be like to or resemble your Father in heaven. That you'd be that, that image of. The idea is not... You love your enemies to become a child, but you, as a child of God, you reflect your heavenly father in your actions. In other words, we're to love our, our, our enemies as our heavenly father loves them. How does God love? Well, he un loves us unconditionally, doesn't he? He loves us unconditionally. He maketh the, the sun to rise on the evil and on the just, the just and the unjust. We're to love people as God loves them. I think of the old song, um, uh, I forgot the name of the 
if I can remember the song. Um, Queen of Grace, that's the name of the group. Sing that song. She says, God loves people more than anything. God loves people more than anything. And more than anything, he wants to know. He'd rather die than let them go. Because God loves people more than anything. And we come to this time, and it's here we are at Christmas time, and we go, why did he come? To seek and to save them. He came for us. For those that are lost, he came for us to, to, to be able to proclaim the gospel, to show his unconditional love. But also he came, verses 46 and 47, that it's unlimited. Unlimited. Jesus said to love only those who are kind to, to us is no different than the publican. The word publican referred to a tax collector. And there were no greater rogues or, and cheats than the Roman tax collectors. Even they loved and, and greeted those who, who loved them. And what Jesus was saying is that our love should not be limited to those who love us. God's love is a whosoever love. Doesn't matter what a person's done or in their nationality, their, their ethnic background, he loves them. He even loves those who blaspheme his name. He loves those who reject and mock him. God doesn't just love those who love him. He loves even those who, who hate him. Verse number 48. I want you to notice that he said, be ye therefore perfect or complete. coming to full age to uh, to be perfect is to grow spiritually uh, an immature believer will have difficulty obeying the commands of the Lord to love his or her enemies however a strong Christian ought to have no difficulty at all it shows our maturity so let me ask three questions three questions and, and uh, do we have enemies that hate us let's start with that one do we have enemies that hate us folks just if so, how are we reacting? How are we reacting? Are we reacting as Jesus commanded us to react? Now, if we're having trouble loving our enemies, well, we'd ask that question a lot. Could it be that we've not grown spiritually, that Jesus, what Jesus says indicates that that's the case? So when it comes to loving our enemies, may God help us all of us to be like our Father, to seek Him out, to seek Him out, and we'd be like Him. I think it's interesting as we've been walking through Matthew chapter 5 and these six principles that we've dug into, how real they hit the home. That Jesus would take six things that not just the people of His day, but the people of any day can relate to. Matter whether it was yesterday or 2,000 years ago, or whether it's going to be 2,000 years in front of us, ahead of us, uh, or, or behind us, I should say. It 
doesn't matter. I think it's interesting that those six issues he identifies as a piece of our life. Now, there's so much more that we dig in, and, and uh, we'll see more in, in the future. But as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, I can't help but go, hmm, Lord, how are we? come before the Lord today and just really do it now. Move in us. Give us an opportunity today, Lord. Lord, change us. Let me grow. Let me be more like you. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Why give us an opportunity?